If you're like me, you are tired of trying to find jeans that fit right no matter your build and still look good. Introducing the newest sponsor of the Double Dunk Podcast, Sweat Taylor, a premium menswear brand that is defining a new kind of casual. I started wearing Sweat Taylor and I am blown away by how comfortable and affordable the clothes are. And of course, they look great. My favorite is the all-in pants. It's a five-pocket pant that feels like sweats but look way better. Thoughtfully tailored and unbelievably stretchy. From jackets and pants to joggers and hoodies, Sweat Taylor's designs are made to seamlessly fit into your life, moving from runway to office, office to drinks, and drinks to wherever the night takes you. Specializing in casual wear for men, pieces are designed with comfort and versatility in mind for your everyday. Use promo code B-D-E-E-G-S-T. That is B-D-E-G-S-T for 25% off. That, again, is B-D-E-E-G-S-T for 25% off your order at SweatTaylor.com. And welcome back to another episode of Double Doing Podcast. My name is Brendan Deke. Thanks so much for tuning in today. Our division preview series continues on. We've got the AFC North today. I think the best division of football. Mr. Eric Warren, he's beside me. My friend, the co-host of the Double Doing Podcast. Are you ready to talk? It's AFC North, Eric. Sure am. And uh, yeah, you know what? I'm going to agree with you. I... Uh... Originally, going into this process, I was ready to argue for the AFC East as best division. I'm with you. It's the AFC North. After diving into all four of these teams a little bit more, I can see three teams coming out of here with double-digit wins. Okay, so first off, I need to correct something. It's purgatory, not prerogatory. <laughs> it's been bugging <laughs> it's you. It's been you bugging me up. since I said that. that don't, I don't know why those two words just, just mess with my head. I don't understand why. But everyone's got those, but it's purgatory. I'm going to be in tight end purgatory in fantasy. I did a fantasy mock draft today for through work. Eighth pick. I thought my team was looking pretty good. We are nine days away from our big draft, I believe, uh, as of is. today. Yep. It's uh, it, it's creeping up. But I, I got Bijan with the eighth overall pick today like that. I took Devontae Adams over Devonta Smith. Kind of regretting that a little bit in the mock draft. <laughs> regretting? You can't regret a mock draft. Yeah, it's I know. Fake. But it's made believe. It's already done. Hey, that boy's going to be published at the score. You know, there's going to be my yeah. name is on it. I don't like looking heavy into mocks because there's no guarantee that that will ever happen again. Like, you can't. That's true. You, as much as you think you can prepare for drafts, you can't. It goes so many different ways. Okay, so we're talking AFC North today. Like I said at the top, I think this is the best division of football. I am... Spoiler alert, I'm going to pick three teams to make the playoffs out of this division. Big spoiler, because I'm assuming people probably know which one I'm not picking, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, I'm going to kick us off, Warren. I'm going to start with the A, or I'm going to start, sorry, with the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, Vegas has them as the the leader in the clubhouse to win this division. They went to the AFC Championship back-to-back games. They won the Super Bowl, or went to Super Bowl, sorry, in 2021. Just some advanced stats for you quickly here. They finished fourth in offensive DVOA last year, and 11th in defensive DVOA. So they had a top 12 unit on both sides of the ball. I think the only place to start this conversation, Warnsy, is with Joe Burrow's calf. What's going on with Joe Burrow? So I don't know. I'm assuming everyone that's listening to this has been updated on what happened with Joe Burrow at training camp. So he left practice early. I can't remember how long ago we're talking now. Maybe two, was it two weeks ago? Two-ish. Yeah, I think it was like the first day of training camp or second day of training camp. So that would have been like July 28th around there. So today's August 17th. So maybe even three weeks ago, um, he came up limping on a play. If you saw the video, like if I was a Bengals fan watching that video at the gate, I would have been shit in my pants. It did not look good. Um, the latest update. So I was kind of creeping the internet today. There isn't a lot out there on like what's going on with Burrow and the calf. Like, 
the Zach or Zach Taylor, the head coach, all the coaches, all the players are kind of just saying he's progressing. So the latest update was basically a few days ago when Zach Taylor said that um, he's still out several weeks. He's throwing and apparently he's doing really well in his recovery, and that's all they're going to say. So as of today, we are three weeks from football today. Is that correct? So 21 yep. days away, several weeks from three weeks ago. So that's a six-week recovery time would be week one. We had Jamar Chase say that they don't want him even to step on the field until week five. Yeah, I don't know if you saw this comment. That was extreme. Um, he, still, he actually doubled down on it like the next day and said, like, I'm, I'm sticking with that. I guess the question is, is are you worried about Joe Burrow's calf? I am a little bit worried about the calf itself. I'm not worried about the fact that Joe Burrow hasn't had any training camp time. Because if you remember last year, he had the appendix. He's played yep. a season with no training camp. He also it, missed, I think, the beginning camp at LSU his senior year. So like, this right. is new to him. So I'm not worried that yeah. he's going to have rust week one by any means. But I'm worried his calf could be a little wobbly if he tries to break away in the pocket or something yeah. week one or is a little less mobile they start with two division games cleveland and baltimore so Bengals out the gate are really really important games and if his calf is even is isn't 100 that's gonna affect them yeah so they start like warner said browns ravens is a gauntlet start it's like whole three and four at our golf course. Yeah. We call it the gauntlet. The two artist holes in the course. You're getting to throw in the Browns and the Ravens. And then they have a kind of a cupcake schedule after that. You got Rams, Titans, Cardinals. Like if we're doing the five game sample size, which Jamar Chase said. Now, as Toronto Raptors fans, we've witnessed a calf injury turn into a torn Achilles, right? Remember Kevin Durant? Kevin Durant had the pulled calf. They sat him out, throw him in the fire. How was it seven minutes into that basketball game? Yeah, and he so, had like probably like twenty points already. Yeah. I remember we were watching it just going, it's over. Like <laughs> yeah. Durant's back. The Raptors run is done. But we've seen this firsthand that if you hurt your calf, it kind of makes every everything else in your in your leg weaker. So I'm assuming they're gonna be very cautious with him. Trevor Simeon is the backup there. Ya boy, your backup from last year. Yeah. So we'll see there. I, I again it's kind of weird because there's not a lot of details out there on um on Joe Burrow's calf, so I just felt like I think that's the best way to start, just kind of like a, a word check, I guess. Um, let's take a look at the rest of the offense here um, with the Cincinnati Bengals. So the offense looked really good last year, and what what I was really intrigued by is when I kind of dug into what happened first half, second half. Um, I forgot like how bad they struggled against the too high shell safety looks at the beginning of the year. It was like our topic of conversation. I remember going, I went back today and looked at our old podcast that we recorded. There was like three episodes where we were like, it was in the notes. Yeah. We're talking about the Bengals off they and were, struggling. They were seeing it at yeah. a 70% clip, I think, for their first like four or five weeks of yeah. the season. So the stats are interesting. Joe Burrow, for the first half of the season, first eight games, was uh, was 31st against cover two defense. The last half, so the last nine games of the season, he ranked seventh. So it was a huge adjustment period. I think that's like really good to to flip an offense and to flip a game plan like that to kind of adjust on the fly. I, I want to ask you this question: Like, is Zach Taylor underrated here? Like, that's a really good coaching job. I completely agree. I uh, what was I? What was that word you just said about Zach Taylor? The adjustments. Sorry. Yeah, adjustments. I thought you were going to go purgatory or something. Yeah, again. sorry, I just got <laughs> mixed up there. Adjustments is a word I would use for their defensive coordinator Lou Anarumo too. Sweet so Lou. This, but this coaching staff in general is really good at making adjustments 
And that's a sign of a great yeah, coaching staff. Is. I'll tip my cap to yeah. these guys every day of the week. Like, and I think what we also forget too is how young this team is. Like, we kind of just expect them to be dominant. Like last year, we were kind of like I, we were ripping them a little bit. Like they need to figure this out, and they end up doing that. But I feel like a lot of people forget Zach Taylor's still a young head coach. Hasn't been there too long. Um, going four, you're four now. You're five, but he's still a young guy. Like yeah, it's not like he's. Remember not when like he he's took a, this team uh, over? They were. In the, disaster, in the right? dubs, yeah, yeah. It was and the Marvin Lewis years, right? Marvin Lewis kind of at the end. Just was right. there a coach in between then, Lewis and Zach Taylor? I think I think Zach Taylor would have just came right in. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, yeah, like he's young. Burrow's really young. Jamar Chase is really young. T. Higgins is young. Like this is a really right young team. Those three names right there: T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, and Joe Burrow. Also on their rookie deals, they combined for twenty three million dollars against the salary cap right now. This team's window is this is right now. This offense's window is right now, it especially. Is. And I was looking up. The owner had some comments about the contract situation. He said, "Like we're not gonna like the bank's gonna be empty." It was basically the comment at some point. Like not everyone's gonna get theirs. So, right, you just got a ballpark what those three contracts are gonna look like in probably two years. Mm-hmm. That could be up to a hundred million right there they're yeah. on they're getting those for 23 million right now i can't have, i can't think of a better th- and it's gonna be a hundred million like you know yeah. like jamar chase is gonna get 30 million dollars a year t higgins if he's on the open market he's getting 25 million a year what's burl's contract gonna be 50 50 you're like timing that by four like 400 percent of the the 25 million that's what it's gonna end up being so and i do think that this is their best window like on the offensive side of the ball this might be the best offense that they've had just on paper um just from a health like burrow's calf i guess is a concern but like last year jamar chase missed some time um he's back fully healthy now he only had one 100 yard game after he returned from injury um but he did have a few touchdowns and they're like it wasn't crazy but i that did kind of catch my eye tyler boyd played through a dislocated finger after week 14 last year so he wasn't 100 his stats kind of fell off a cliff T. Higgins really looks like a number one wide receiver with Jamar Chase out. Like, I think this is could be, like, the best you can get from T. Higgins. So, I do think the weapons around them, um, I like a lot. Yeah, absolutely. You can make the case this is the best wide receiver room in football. Um, The tight end spot, you got Irv Smith. <laughs> the Irv Smith hype in the Twitter sphere is driving me mental. I get he was, he was a first-round pick, right? I think he was a first-round pick or a high second-round pick. He's got that Minnesota. Yeah, he's got that pedigree. But like, why are we crowning Irv Smith as like the next Rob Gronkowski? I know he's got a lot of (laughs) way too much hype. And like I saw Minnesota, he wasn't good. Like he's never been good analytically. I guess maybe if you're gonna be dropped into an offense, this is like the best opportunity for him. Maybe showcase his talent. But the tight end, they they've never really had a a dominant tight end at that um, at that spot, anyways, with Joe Burrow there. So I'm not too worried about that. Now the offensive line, they spent big on. they spent big on a left tackle Orlando Brown Jr., four-year contract, $64 million. I feel like a lot of people kind of have this narrative that Orlando Brown Jr. is like the a top three left tackle in the league, and he's just not. I was looking up some uh, some stats. He, he gave up four sacks last year, 47 pressures, and 769 pass blocking snaps. He was the third lowest, so I guess the third graded starting offensive lineman on the Chiefs last year. So he was like mm. a, an average starter on the Chiefs, and you're doing that with Patrick Mahomes. Like, you have the best quarterback in the league behind you. Yeah, I'd say he's, like, in that 15 range of tackles. Yeah, like, like he's, he's still... He's at, like, I, I feel like he's just not... Like, he, when you hear the name Orlando Brown Jr., I feel like people just... Auto, like, 
they consider him a top five tackle. I, I don't. Right. That's not true. He's like you said in that fifteen to twenty range. Right, but you were completely right last year about Lyle Collins being a huge yeah. flop. So he's an, he's a massive upgrade on Lyle Collins. This slots jo- Jonah Williams over to right tackle who requested a trade once he was asked to move to right tackle yeah, but it sounds like that's yeah. calmed down he's okay now know he's, your role Jonah Williams. yeah he's playing right tackle so the inside is still Ted Karras Alex Kappa I think this offensive line on paper is the best Joe Burrow's had yep. in his career I really like this offense I, I'm I'm very high on the Cincinnati Bengals offense I don't know how much you're also say I guess I'll talk about the running game before I transition over to the defense Another stat that I really found interesting with this team, I was kind of looking at their the run game because um, the run game was better last year than 2021. So they finished 24th in EPA per rush in 2021. They finished 17th this year, and I was like, why? I think Samaji Piran brought some juice to that ru- that rushing attack as well. He's not on the team anymore, though, so they've got Chase Brown, Canadian, one of the twins, who is going to get some, uh, going, get some reps this year. Draft, uh, they have Chris Evans behind him and Joe Mixon is a starter who was found not guilty today. Aggravated menacing. Do you, what is aggravated menacing? <sighs> Jeez, I don't know. <laughs> well, he is he's free, he's in the clear. He is going to be the starting running back for this team. He also took a pay cut this offseason. But what I felt what I found interesting is it became like a shotgun run team. They ran the ball 27% from shotgun in 2021. That jumped up to 54% in 2022 and that gave that run game a boost they just it, it made teams because joe burrow threw a lot under shotgun so when joe burrow was in shotgun in 2021 they knew a pass is coming when he was under center they probably knew some sort of run was coming so i think merging together the success of the run game and what they do in the pass game together really helped this offense so i i, I think zach taylor did a really like a heck of a coaching job last year absolutely like, that's kind of what was my big takeaway from doing this uh this exercise on the offense it was the fourth-ranked DVOA offense. I'd bet on them to be top five again. I think that's it on the offensive side of the ball. Transition over to the defense. Secondary is going to look a lot different. Um, let's start at the safety position. Von Bell and Jesse Bates are out. See ya. They both signed deals elsewhere. In comes Nick Scott from the Rams. Now, I didn't, didn't know a lot about Nick Scott um, before going to this exercise. Nick Scott was the worst-graded pass coverage player in the Rams secondary last season out of 22 players. So he was 22nd out of 22nd. He allowed 30 catches for uh, on 38 targets for 323 yards and three touchdowns. Big sample size. Nick Scott was awful. They're bringing in Nick Scott to start at one of the safety positions, and they have Dak Sill, their first-round pick from 2021, coming in and sliding in there. Nick Scott and, and Dak Sill are both really young. This is a very complicated defense. How you feeling, Warnsy? About the safety duo. I'm a little bit worried because... Because of the horrible Nick Scott stats I threw your way? Yeah, and he's... Or even just Dax Hill taking over for... um, Jesse Bates, all pro. Jesse Bates. Jesse Bates played a lot of snaps in this defense. All pro, man. Like, this is not, like, no slouch. I know he didn't have, like, an... Like, he didn't have a really good year last year. Kind of fell off a... Not off a cliff, but fell a little bit, but... No, I completely agree. That's going to be an area of concern. But where they could make up for that is if this defensive line gets things going. Because did you know that this defensive line is the third highest paid in the league? Last year, they only produced 30 sacks. That's not going to cut it. Mm -hmm. These guys are getting paid to produce. Trey Hendrickson aside, he's the superstar out of the bunch. Sam Hubbard, DJ Reader, BJ Hill. These guys got to pick it up and start getting after the quarterback a lot more. I, I really like this front seven. Um, I'll, I'll go switch back to the corners in a sec, but 
now we're on the on the front seven. I really like Hubbard and Hendrickson. I think that's a really solid pass rushing duo. Sam Hubbard's a monster against the run. And like the defensive tackles are legit. I love DJ Reader, one of the most underrated players in the league. Like a BJ Hill, too. I think he's severely underrated. And their linebackers are awesome. Like Logan Wilson and Jermaine Pratt are as good as a linebacker duo you're gonna get. And like Jermaine Pratt was unbelievable against coverage last year. He, like, he covered, I think it was like a 91 grade on PFF. He was one of the best pass coverage linebackers in the league. Logan Wilson is also just in general one of the best linebackers in the league. So, like, if you're gonna be weak somewhere, be weak at safety, in my opinion. Like, if there's one position on your defense, you can kind of hide a little bit. It would be the state up the middle in the safety and linebacker position. So I'm fine with them being weak there. Like every roster is going to have deficiencies and the Bengals is at safety. And who knows? Maybe Dax Hill is a first round pick, right? Maybe he blossoms into a star. He was like a highly tended player. Really liked him coming out of Michigan. So maybe he kind of turns into the next Jesse Bates. You never know. So uh, in general, really like this defense. Um, I think they have a chance to be a top 12 unit. Safety position is a little murky. But um, I'm fine with it. Uh, I, I think this defense is going to be just fine. And Lou, uh, Lou Anarumo. Lou oh, Anarumo. Love Lou. Just the man. Like, one of the best defensive coordinators in the league. The adjustments he makes on the fly. What he did to Patrick Mahomes, of course, in 2021. Even last year in the playoffs, they played really well. I just, I think this team's really set up to succeed this year. But they have the 20th ranked schedule. Um, 20th ranked, hardest schedule, according to Vegas totals. from Last year, you got to deal with it. You, you're, you're you're winning your division. You're going to play our teams. Not too worried about that. Um I like the Bengals to make the playoffs. I'm not going to take them to win the division, but I think they are going to make the playoffs around 11, 10 wins. Um, who knows how Burrow's cap? That's going to be the one thing to keep an eye on heading into this year, but um, give me the Bengals. I, I like this team to make a run in the playoffs. I have this team taking the division. I guess you have somebody else, but I'm taking chalk here. But It is the tightest division race, I think, but I have the Bengals winning 12 games. Winning this division. You're just taking chalk, eh? You're just, like, cowarding out. You don't got any crazy takes from me. Just No, I just love this roster, like, top to bottom. It's a, it's a good team. <laughs> They're built to win now. This is their window. Yeah. It's now. All right, Warrens, you hit me with your next team. I am going to go over to the Pittsburgh Steelers now. They are coached by one Mr. Mike Tomlin, and every year we have to mention the stat. He kept it alive. Most consecutive non-losing seasons to begin a coaching career. That would be 16. He somehow got the Steelers so to 9-8 and eight last year. This team was 9-8. and eight. Yeah. That's an insane stat. Like, yeah. this is like the Gretzky point stat. Like, yes. we're, we got to, this is a, if you're writing an article about crazy sports stats, throw the Mike Tomlin one in there. It's true. So this team was 9-8. and eight. They were right smack dab in the middle of DVOA, 14th overall. Their offense was 18th. Their defense was 12th. But a stat about their DVOA that blew my mind defensively. TJ Watt, now he was injured in week one. I believe it was in overtime of week one. So if you can go all the way back, TJ Watt had an out-of-his-mind game. He had, I believe, two interceptions, a sack in week one, and ended up getting injured in overtime. But if you look at Pittsburgh's defense with and without TJ Watt, when he was on the field, which was seven full games last year, they were the second ranked DVOA defense. Yeah. When he was not on the field, they were dead last. Dead last. Dead last. Interesting. TJ Watt, you could make the case, is the most valuable player to a defense. And he opens he, up the whole front seven. Like Alex Highsmith drastically fell like he didn't play well without TJ Watt. 
Like right. he, they just gave him a big contract this offseason. Like DJ Watt opens up so much on the defense, and this DVOA stat proves it. Yeah, it, that blew my mind. But I'll start with the defense then, and just go from there. He's joined on the defensive line by Cameron Hayward, who just consistently gets it done. But this is age thirty-six for Cam Hayward now. How much longer can he keep that All-Pro level up, which he has for our? He's he was drafted in two thousand eleven. And he's still getting it done. Um, he's going to be joined at the nose tackle by a rookie second rounder, Keanu Benton. And like a Keanu Benton. Rushing the passer on the other side as well would be Larry Ogunjobi. So they got depth on the t- this defensive line. They signed Marcus Golden. That was an under-the-radar mm-hmm. signing I liked. He was cheap. He kind of is a jack of all trades, master of none. He can plug the run, rush the passer a little yep. bit. They completely redid the linebacker room. Like they just they 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 hated what they saw. Like they gave Miles Jack real dough in yeah, 2021. Bad, I know, I know, man. I don't understand that, but my point is like they gave him real money. Like they took like and they cut him. Like they what they saw in tape on tape after the season ended at linebacker, mm-hmm. they're like, fuck this. <laughs> we're, yeah. not, we're not having this on our roster. No, it, and they completely redid it. They brought I in Cole Command, Alana Roberts, and Quan Alexander. Like they've got three new starting linebackers, basically. Right. And I guess overall, this defense is the most expensive defense in the league. Interesting. So this is a uh, Steelers are kind of running old school style still, spending money on defense and kind of what happened not, any other way though? Steelers yeah, spending money on defense. Like it just it just fits. I know, but we'll get to our overall point at the end yeah. about this team. Um, looking at the secondary, they brought in Patrick Peterson. By all accounts, he's looked amazing in camp. Plant looks young again. He had a great year last year, yep. actually. The rookie second rounder, Joey Porter Jr., he was, I believe, he was the first pick of the second round. He was round. Sec- 32nd pick, so because the Dolphins had their draft pick taken away. So, right. If I'm him, I'm telling everyone I was a first round right. pick. Right. First rounder in every other year. Yeah. Um, Levi Wallace also at corner. Um, in the safety position, you got Minka Fitzpatrick. He plays all over the field. So overall, I think this defense is a good one. If TJ Watt stays healthy, I'm going to say this is an elite unit once again. Yep, and I-, I could see his defense definitely being top five just with the talent around them. Um, I am like, I'm worried about like a, a potential another TJ Watt injury or something like that. Like he is just so valuable. So I'm like, without him, if you remove him from the defense, like you said, it just kind of falls off a cliff. So. Basically, they're relying on T.J. Watts to play 17 games. Exactly. And let's move to the offensive side of the ball. And this is where things start to get a little bit murky now. They finished 18th overall offensively DVOA-wise. Let's have the Kenny Pickett discussion. EPA-wise per play, he was 23rd overall. If you watch the eye test with Kenny Pickett, like... (laughs) We're going to have different eye tests here. The kid got it done in the fourth quarter. Yeah, awesome down the stretch in the fourth. There was a lot of ugly plays as well in it, but the guy, I guess, got what the- I was, I was worried. What I was really worried about Kenny Pickett is he was traitless. I thought he didn't have his <laughs> trait. Is his trait that he's clutch? Like he's a gamer. <laughs> he just finds ways to win. I don't know. Like because, like I said, he was nine and eight last year. The Steelers finished. They, although statistically. Trubisky was slightly better than Pickett last year. The Steelers played better when Pickett was their quarterback. Mm-hmm. So that was that's what I kind of mean by the eye test. But EPA per play-wise, he was 23rd. 
Give me your take on Kenny Pickett. I don't know. I like him. I think he's got something. Like, I don't know if this is going to be the year. Like, uh, I think you're probably no more going with this with the Steelers in general. Like, I, I think this is the worst offense, I guess, in the, in the division. Um, just from uh, just all around. Like, this is a really hard division. I just I have a hard time believing if this is going to be Pittsburgh's year. But I do believe in Kenny Pickett as, like, the quarterback of the future for Pittsburgh. Like, I was digging up, like, because I remember him playing well down the stretch last year. Like, I was like, hey, how did he do? Like the last eight, six, seven, eight weeks. So I went back, EPA per play from weeks 11 to 18. Kenny Pickett was 10th out of 34 qualifying quarterbacks. Jared Goff being number one just still blows my mind. Oh, wow. I had to like click the update button on the website. I'm like, am I, am I, yeah. like, what's going on here? But yeah, Goff just, uh, like Brock Purdy was yeah. fourth. So Pickett, did, he turned it on later. In yeah, the like he, yeah. They, he looked good. Like he looked like he was comfortable. Like you could tell he was kind of struggling at the beginning. Like he didn't start the year, the Trubisky play, right? Like, it was kind of just chaotic first year. Like I and I also think the offensive line just did not help them at all. Like they obviously made some, they made a ton of adjustments there. Like I really like Isaac Samalu, Eagles guard, one of the better guards in the league. I think they got him for a steal. James Daniels is good. Like I, I like what they did. Like Broderick Jones in the first round is gonna is probably gonna. I don't know if he's gonna start day one, but he's he's he a player. Play some guard too. If yeah, like to, I think the like, offensive line got a lot better. I think Kenny Pickett can take that. Like I don't know if you're gonna see like the the Carson Wentz year two jump or. Trying to think of other ones like the Joe Burrow year two jump. Like you saw these guys become like MVP candidates in year two. I just I don't know if Pickett's gonna be that this year, but I, I think he's a good player. Like I think they've got yeah. something in him. I just don't know if you're gonna see it like on full display. Yeah, I like what they have at the wide receiver position. Deontay Johnson last year somehow didn't catch a touchdown. I'm I'm gonna bet his over of <laughs> 0.5 this year. I'm gonna bet that he finds the end zone. That's an anomaly. That's an insane stat. Yeah, he had over a thousand yards. Yeah, right? I believe so. Or just I think he might have had just add a thousand. Uh, George Pickens, um, the Allen Robinson pickups a little interesting. Apparently, he's gonna be playing almost primarily out of the slot, which is something he hasn't really done in his career. But he kind of lacked a burst, so you. Couldn't play on the outside anymore. Let's see if that revives him. Um, I, tight end, gotta love the Muth. Pat Fryermuth, he's turned into a nice player. And third round rookie Darnell Washington. Yep. I'm looking forward to he watching him. There were some highlight reel catches I've already seen on Twitter. Some like nice one handers. I'm not I'm fun little, player. I'm excited to watch this guy block. He could be the best run yeah. blocking tight end right out of the gate. He's almost a tackle. Excited um, to watch someone block, baby. Oh, that's football. That's football. Yeah, Dar but Darnell Washington's <laughs> a beast. Uh, running back room, you got Najee Harris. Jalen Warren is making some noise. I like Jalen Warren. He got juice. I like. I like. I was watching him last year. Like this guy should get more touches. You said in our group chat that you were impressed by Najee Harris last year. I love you, it. Were like, you drunk more? You sent that text. He's you, awful, Warren. He's you not didn't a good like player. Him at no, all. I traded for him in fantasy. I oh, like so the, you're just <laughs> I, I think he's got like negative juice. Like he's done. Like he is the definition of like the battery's well, broken on the running I think, back. No, okay, but what I think we we kind of missed a big point of this offense. I can't believe they brought back Matt Canada. Yeah, that's his an, offensive yeah. scheme is it's stale. so boring. Like, yeah, worst, it, I'm happy you brought this up because I had this at like the last that's of the what I kinda, Okay, I don't. Okay, last year we were in a non-PPR. We're going as a half PPR this year. How That's many true. times Najee Harris was just dump off, given a like, yeah, check down yeah. for there one yard. Like it was, <laughs> he would just get the ball and there'd be ten guys. There on was him. a play where Najee Harris caught the ball like against the Eagles, like behind the one yard line. He just moves like forward. It's he's getting ten yards. 
He was juking like air. TJ Edwards comes and makes a tackle behind the line of scrimmage. Like I remember watching him play. I go on like, what the hell is Najee Harris doing? I just I don't think he's got explosiveness anymore. Um, I think the Steelers are really regretting that first round pick. Like I just he had a lot of touches at Alabama. He was a workhorse there. Like I just don't think he's got the juice anymore. I really think you're gonna see Jalen Warren. It's like, a, like I'd take him as like a sleeper candidate for down the stretch in the season. I don't know how high you want to draft him, but he's got All something. Right. Like he's he's a good player. I'll take your word for it. Right. I think also the Steelers offense. No, but just our overall point on Pittsburgh, I think it's they're the clear cut fourth team in this division, which we already mentioned. Yeah. I saw it's that, hard I, to bet against Tomlin going under five hundred. Is it but, possible? I want to ask you this question. Is it possible for four teams in a division to have a winning record, or is that like just not I don't know the math behind this. Mm. Uh, this might be a really stupid question, but I've asked I a dumber It's got to be possible, but it's going to be difficult. Because like, I right? don't want like, – I still think they're going to win around eight games. Yeah, I could see it. They're yeah. going to be a tough out because of their defense and just their style of play. Nobody wants to go into Pittsburgh. It's a tough building to play in. So, yeah, I'll, unfortunately, I guess I'll take that the streak ends, but they'll go, they'll go eight and nine. Okay, let's move over to the Baltimore Ravens. So one of the more exciting teams in the league this year. Can't wait to watch this squad. Last year, they finished 12th in offensive DVOA, 7th in defensive DVOA. They dished Lamar, Con- Lamar Jackson a five-year, 260 smackeronos, $185 million of those guaranteed. Lamar got paid finally after all the contract saga. Now, I said 12th in offensive DVOA. I think it's important to remember that Lamar Jackson was out got hurt week 12. So if you were to take out the Lamar Jackson um, being out. You're <laughs> not going to look at the Anthony Brown stats? <laughs> yeah. Who I loved Tyler Hutton. There was someone else. That there was her third. Was star- Anthony Brown. Yeah, oh, my God. Yeah, he was like Anthony an Brown threw a pick six right against there. the Eagles in preseason with the Ravens last yeah. week. So Lamar with Lamar Jackson while he was playing from weeks 1 to 11. The offense was ninth in EPA per play. So they were a top 10 offense with Lamar, without Lamar. They were 26. Like how, that is like the death. That's why you pay him. That's why you give the guy $260 million. So I, I think I just want to emphasize like with Lamar Jackson, this offense was really good last year. Todd Munkin is now the new offensive coordinator. It's a completely different offense. Yep. He's after spending three seasons as the offensive coordinator in Georgia, back to back national titles for your boy Sam Bennett. Turned Sam Bennett into a fourth round pick this year. You love a Sam Bennett, I know that. Stenson Bennett? <laughs> Sam Bennett, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what am I doing? Who's I got Sam hockey Bennett on my mind. Oh, Sam my... Bennett's a hockey player, yeah. yeah. I was like, that doesn't he sound was the, right. He was the yeah. guy that hurt. Who did he hurt in the Leafs playoff run last year, right? Right, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah All yeah. my homies hate Sam Bennett. Okay, <laughs> Stenson Bennett turned into a fourth-round pick. Of course, the guy's 28 years old coming to college. But anyways, Todd Munkin, um, really I, smart offensive mind. I actually, this was a cool stat. He... Was the offensive coordinator of Tampa Bay in 2018? He, that was the Jameis year where Jameis led the league in passing yards. <laughs> so like, and interceptions? Yeah, interceptions <laughs> and touchdowns, right? I think yeah. He's a leader across the board. So this guy knows how to run a passing offense. He, um, he's he did a really good job at Georgia, though, of coming up with multiple styles of game plans. Like mm-hmm. there were games where Stenson Bennett would come out, throw the ball 30 times. There were games where he'd throw the ball t- 10 times. Like yeah. he, he was really good at, he kind of adjusts his offense. To the opposing defense more than mind. just running his system yeah. and only running like his system, which, Kelly. Was, which is exactly what um, oh, they're all see last year who got fired. He was there forever. Oh, Greg Roman. Roman. Yeah. yeah they, it, it was time to move on. Yeah, he was there was. for too long. I also Roman, think Greg Roman's a little under, like, I think overhated. Um, I just, yeah. the point it was time. It was no, time. 100%, 100%. Mm-hmm. But I just don't think it was all on Greg Roman. Like, like, the Ravens didn't have a wide receiver last year, clips 460 yards. 
Wow. Like, like, think about that. They didn't have a 500-yard wide receiver last year. Once, once you traded up Hollywood Brown, I don't know what the plan was at that position. They just never helped Lamar. They, they swung and missed on so many like late draft picks like James Prochet, Tywin Wallace. Like They spent so many day three picks on wide receivers expecting one of these darts to hit, and they just never hit the board properly. So this year, you're bringing in an entirely new wide receiver room. Zay Flowers they drafted in the, set, in the first round out of Boston College. You Rashad Bateman returns healthy in the big one. Odell Beckham Jr. sends a one-year $50 million deal. So I was kind of curious like how Odell did in Los Angeles because I kind of don't remember the five-game run that he had, so I wanted to dig up some stats on that. He was really, really, really good in the intermediate part of the field. He didn't see a ton of targets, but from the 10 to 19-yard mark, he had a 93.1 receiving grade via PFF. That was the best in the league during that stretch in the intermediate part of the field. 12 targets, 8 catches for 127 yards, and a touchdown, 0 drops. So that opens up that kind of 10 to 19 yard for Lamar Jackson. Like, I don't think Odell's a burner anymore. Like, I don't think he's going to stretch the field like 40 yards plus yards. Like, I don't just, I think you can kind of get it to Zay Flowers and Rashad Bateman to be that field stretcher. But I really think Odell's going to help Lamar Jackson in the intermediate part of the field. And I think it's a really cool signing. I like this pairing of Odell and Lamar. Oh, absolutely. I, I really like this offense going into this year. Just, all around the offensive line, if we just want to touch on that, Ronnie Stanley's supposed to be back healthy as yep. well. Um, Tyler Linderbaum, the center, first rounder last year, had a really good year in run blocking, needs to pe- improve the pass blocking a little bit. Um, Kevin Zeitler at right guard is as solid as it gets, and Morgan Moses is as solid as it gets, yeah. too. So the only question mark they have is at left guard. Um, are we going to try to, I'm are we gonna try to Lau, pronounce his name? Lau-lu. Okay, Laulu. And then the other one's John Simpson. It's going to get yeah. more easier to pronounce. But they drafted a guard in the seventh, sixth round who's got the most. Lualu. We're going to go with him. Very, very hard name to pronounce. I'm sorry, buddy. Uh, we'll <laughs> learn it one day, hopefully. Hopefully, once you uh, win that starting left guard job. They lose Ben Powers. Ben Powers was really good last year. He did not allow a sack at all. He goes over to Denver. Um, so that could be a loss. We'll see how the left guard position goes. But this offensive line was really good last year, even without Ron St- Ronnie Stanley. They graded as the second-best pass blocking unit in the league last year, according to PFF. So this this team can like hold it down. Um, and like let's remember Mark Andrews here. This stat blew my mind. Mark Andrews had a target on 24.3% of his route run last year. Wow. That is insane. The only one higher was Travis Kelsey. That's it. Mm-hmm. Like he he was the offense. Yeah. So Mark Andrews returns back. I, I, and now I, he's like, got, I like Isaiah Likely too. Yeah. Like and, and you got you bring in Mark Andrews, or you have Mark Andrews now, Isaiah Likely, you have Odell, say Flowers, Rashad Bateman. Like we're cooking with something this here. Is by far and, yeah, the like best this group is, of pass catchers. I, when I was doing this exercise and going through this, I'm like, this offense is top five unit in my opinion. This yeah. is a very, very, very good offense. Yeah, Lamar has never had even two of these types of pass catchers at yeah. once, right? It's always just been one year of like uh, Rashad Bateman, one year of where it's just Mark Andrews. Like mm-hmm. now he's got all, everything at once. The offensive line is coming together. Um, the running back room. What are we feeling about J.K. Dobbins? Is he gonna be ready? So to- he is. He's actually off PUP. He's back practicing. Um, he was really good last year when healthy, but he didn't also get the touches. A lot, I do think you're going to start to see this running backs be used more in the red zone. They use Lamar Jackson a lot on red zone runs. I think you're going to kind of see that hit the back burner, um, and they're going to start yeah. start in, incorporating the running backs um, a little bit more. But I've, yeah, I'll be a little bit concerned if Melvin Gordon makes the roster. I'm hoping he does <laughs> he got not. a ton of touches in the Ravens preseason game. The whole starters got like Tyler Huntley was a Pro Bowler. 
And he was <laughs> starting the second half in the preseason game. Like, you don't want to lose the streak. Like, oh, my God. It's it 24 was, in a row he's or 23 the, in a row? It's 24 in a row now. Bringing the roster, I'll tell you. I respect it. Okay, the defensive side of the ball, I think, has a few more question marks. Oh, um, let's, yeah. let's take a look at um, the edge roster position where I'm a little bit worried here. So you've got... A little bit? <laughs> Justin Houston led this team in sacks last year with eight and a half, and he walked out the door. So, yes, I think he's going to be back. Or did he already no, sign he somewhere? Signed. He signed with Carolina, right? He, yeah. he did sign with Carolina. I do think they're going to be heavy on the the waiver market when the, when teams start cutting guys at the edge rusher position. Maybe there's other veterans out there. I haven't looked at who's around right now in the pass rusher, but they kind of missed out on um, they missed out on Ngakwe and Justin Houston already. Those were the kind of two big ones. But, yeah, like they have Odafe Owe. Um and and uh, David uh, David Ajabo is they're going to be their pass rushers. Tyus Bowser just hasn't worked out for this team, um. So I don't like how much production you can get from him, but they're expecting big things from Ajabo and Oway. Those are two high draft picks. They need these guys to step up. Like it can happen. Like and that's what they're banking on, right? Like you can tell just by looking at the roster where the money's going. They're expecting those two guys. One of them at least has to step up for them. Um, to kind of help in the pass rush situation, but like I, I know, I feel like you're more worried than I am at it because I'm I, I'm pretty worried about this defense to be honest. Like I'm really high on the Ravens' offense, and I have concerns about this defense. And pass rush is going to be number one. Yeah, there's other. I'll get to, let's get before I get to the secondary. I like Justin Matabuke. Um, I think he's a kind of upcoming player. Yeah. I really Michael, like him. Him and Michael Pierce are a good combo. Yeah. But can Michael Pierce stay on the field? Yeah, he's true. been hurt a lot down the stretch. They've and got then Brent Urban in depth. It's yeah, the Brent thin. Urban's kind of some depth. They don't have a ton, but like I really like Patrick Queen and like Patrick Queen and Roquan Smith are a good duo just to combine. And Patrick Queen's kind of hasn't been exactly what the Ravens wanted, but Roquan Smith is everything that the Ravens could have possibly wanted and more last year. Like sure. He was so good. Um, the Ravens play a ton of kind of simulated blitz pressures and kind of try to confuse defense, and he's so good at reading and reacting. Like he was like a seamless transition. From him moving from Chicago to Baltimore, he really, really helped out um, that defense. So I, I think like another year potentially of Rokon Smith can help. Now let's take a look at the secondary. Um, start with the safety position. I, I like the safety Kyle Hamilton and Marcus Williams. They moved Kyle Hamilton kind of in the slot last year, which really helped his game. He was, I think, the greatest, the highest safety in the league by PFF last year. He was awesome when they kind of transitioned his role to more of a box role. Marcus Williams kind of play in the back end. So this is a really good safety room. Kyle Hamilton can even take a step up. Like I said, first round pick. You can take, you can expect a jump from him. So they're banking on that. And then the cornerback position is a worry right now. So Marlon Humphrey, if you haven't been following the news, has a foot injury that he went and had surgery on. Now, this is really confusing to me because apparently it was a lingering foot issue. Why are we doing the surgery now? Why the surgery what? didn't take place? Yeah, like it was, he didn't suffer the injury at practice. It was a lingering issue that he was dealing with. So like I get like the the Eagles did a, an elbow surgery on Jason Kelsey, Hassan Reddick had thumb surgery today, but like those he's, they're gonna be ready for Week One. Kelsey was ready for Week One. Now Marlon Humphrey's scheduled, like prepared to miss the first two games of the season. Why didn't the surgery take place two weeks ago? I just that really confused me. Really confused me. Like and they're so thin at quarterback. Yeah, like Jalen. He is so, my number two biggest concern about this Ravens defense is their cornerbacks. And they're relying so heavily on Marlon Humphrey, Humphrey to be a elite top 10 corner. Which he is. When he's on the field. Yeah. Well, and like healthy. It's only two games. Like, two games is not yeah. insane. But like, he's always, like, I feel like banged up because he plays so physical. He's such a physical style corner. 
And Rocky Sin's on his third team in three years. He hasn't hit. He was a high second round pick. Jalen Armour Davis was a fourth rounder last and year. And so Jalen Armour Davis and Demarion, do you remember that game against, I think it was the Dolphins? Dolphins. Jalen Armour Davis and Demarion Williams. Points. Yeah. I think yeah. Though they were the starting two corners that game, and it was, wasn't was good. They didn't yeah. get a ton of reps last year, so you don't really know a lot what you have. Like Jalen Armour Davis is an Alabama guy. Like he's got that Nick Saban background. We'll see if he can kind of be a, a diamond in the rough. Uh, I don't know too much about Demarion Williams. Like they got Kayvon Seymour, former Eagle, Eagle legend behind them. Like they don't have a lot of depth there. I'm with you. I, I do think the secondary is worrisome. But in general, like if you just take a look at the team as a whole, I think this is the best team in the division. I think the Baltimore Ravens are winning this division. I think they're winning the, to the team totals 10 and a half. Give me the over on that all day at minus 102. I'm all over the Baltimore Ravens making the playoffs. I think they got to shot at the one seed in the AFC. I, I think there's a one or two seed. Give me the Baltimore Ravens 12, 13 wins this year. This is, this is in my opinion, a top three team in the AFC and just one of the best teams of football. All right, yeah, I, I'll, I respect the take. I'm yeah. kind of, I feel like that way to, about. You stole that, that take back at me like it was nothing. No, I but just I gave just, you my heart, Mister Warnsey. We just feel this way. I feel that way about the Bengals. So I respect it. And I understand. Yeah, I have a lot but, more juice. Like I'm, I'm fired up about the Ravens. Yeah, I. It's worth mentioning that the Ravens have outstanding special teams. Oh, yes, as well, Justin Tucker. What I'm worried about with this defense is their pass rush is. You can't beat Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow without a pass rush. How yeah, do you? But you don't like Odoff Owe and David Jumbo could be good. Like you're just, I'm you're just throwing. They're first round that. picks, Warnsy. Like these aren't scrubs. You know what I mean? Like you gotta, you gotta wait and see with this a little bit here. All and right. I also think the offense is like this is a, like I'm so high on the offense where like the defense. You don't need a top ten defense to win this, like the Super Bowl, like. It's the, the Chiefs never had one. Like, you know right. what I mean? Like, I, the I offense can take a, so many pains away from the defense. Right. I have them as a playoff team. I just think uh, I think they're going to probably be, like, in that 10-win range and make the wild card because I just can't so, see them getting over the mountain and beating these elite quarterbacks. They'll beat oh, – they'll beat, so. win all the games they should, but I don't – I can't see them – I think their defense will hold them back from beating the elite quarterbacks in the league. So if you're a betting man quickly before we move on to the Cleveland Browns last team – Minus one or two over ten and a half, a minus one twenty two under ten and a half. You're a betting man. I would take the under. Oh, you're a pfft. all right. Yeah. I hate well, you. All right, let's finish this off. Cleveland Browns, come on down. The fighting Deshaun Watsons. The Cleveland Browns wrapping up the AFC North. Now, this team finished eleventh overall DVOA wise. That was kind of surprising. Yeah, that would caught me, me off guard today, too. Eighth. Offensively, 23rd defensively. Now, this is Kevin Stefanski's fourth year in the building. Seat's kind of hot, warm. Signed a five-year deal. This is the fourth year of a five-year deal. You rare, rare, very rarely see a coach go into the final year of his contract. So I think, I don't know if he's hot, but... The burners turned on at, at that, you know, the five on the car on the car seat warmer. You got the five dials. Mm -hmm. It's at about a one or two right now. That's right. And I guess you cannot start the conversation about the Cleveland offense without looking at the quarterback, Mr. Deshaun Watson. We've tried to not talk about him a lot on our podcast, rightfully so. <laughs> We're gonna have to have a little it's, conversation. That's, that's what I'm saying. It's so hard to like uh, differentiate how scummy Deshaun Watson is off the field to what his play is going to be on the field because it's time. We have to talk about it yeah. now. Like, he's about to start the season at the quarterback. Like, the last season, you almost, like, 
there was an afterthought of how he was on the field. Like very rarely people talk about the fact that he was the 31st ranked EPA quarterback in the league out of 37 qualifying QBs. Like they were a he was the offense of the Browns was struggled mightily under Deshaun Watson last year. I'm not saying that's gonna happen this year, but it was it was rough. And I think the off-field stuff really took away from the on-field stuff. And it's That's time right. for that to stop. It was it was 29th overall D- EPA per play wise. Like yeah. it was bad. He was in the range with like the Matt Ryan's and the Taylor Heineke's. Mm-hmm. That was really bad. Yet this Cleveland Browns offense ranked eighth overall DVOA wise. And you know why? That's because they can run the rock. Yeah. And it's because of their elite offensive line. Jedrick Wills and Jack Conklin formed the tackles. The guards would be Joel Batonio and Wyatt Teller. Arguably the best guard duo in the league. And in the center, Ethan Pochich. When healthy, this is the best offensive line in did football. Did you see the Jordan Davis-Ethan Pochich rep? I put it on Twitter. What? Did go look at <laughs> Ethan Pochich is six foot six, 320 pounds. Jordan Davis, like, I think it was, it was a solid rep. Like, they both, I think you could maybe give it to Ethan Pochich. Jordan Davis pushed him back quite a bit. But, like, I think in a game, like, the quarterback maybe dodges out of the way. But, like, he looks like a tight end. Blocking Jordan Davis, yeah. like that's how big Jordan Davis is. Like you should go watch the clip. I was amazed last night. Like just, I looked up. I think he's six foot six, three twenty, and he looks like yeah, Grant Calcaterra. Yeah, like wow. But anyways, I just really, really like this offensive line. Did you know that they only had one game when the five of them started, and that was Week One? They didn't <laughs> have another game where the five of them were on the field at the same time. Yeah, that's the key to this team. I think they're they're built in the trenches. But don't forget about the skill position wide receiver, Mari Cooper. I think last year he proved doesn't matter where he is. He's where do you have Amari Cooper in that? Is he a fringe top 10 wide receiver, top 15? Yeah, I'd say top 15. I think he, I wrote a story about this in the score. He said that him and Elijah Moore could be like Tory Holt and Isaac Bruce. I was like, slow That's your roll. Crazy. You got a little too much dip on your chip there, Amari. I don't know yeah. about that, but, uh, I think Amari Cooper's really good. I think he's going to have a good year this year as well with a full year under Deshaun Watson. Very underrated player. Um, I don't know. It's hard. I'm, it's kind of hard off the top of my head. I'd have yeah. to rank them and get them in front of me. But yeah, top 15 always, sounds about right. He just always seems to produce. And you mentioned Elijah Moore. They got him for basically nothing in a trade with the Jets. Yeah, so they, I like that move. Yeah, they, they gave a second round pick and they got more and a third back. Yeah, Great value. Moved back one round yeah. to get... More uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones. Like the speedster. We'll he's see. He's a speedster. They asked us too much of him last year. Like he was, he's not a number two. He's a nice number mm-hmm. three. I didn't mind the pick. Cedric Tillman, third rounder. Getting a ton of hype. Randy Moss called him the best receiver in the draft. Wow. That's <laughs> a little extreme. Um, tight end David Njoku had a real nice year last year. And give me running back Nick Chubb. I am putting my stamp on Nick Chubb as Offensive Player of the Year. I've already bet it at 20 to 1. Get that ticket in ASAP. Hell yeah. Take Nick Chubb first round of your fantasy drafts. I am buying. First round or first overall? Well, he's going first round. First round, yeah. Are you taking him for. Don't back away now, boy. I know you that were I have talking six. Nick Chubb first overall all the time. But now summer. that I have six. Uh, I can't. Okay. But, like, if you had the first overall pick, are you taking oh, Nick Chubb? I haven't looked at oh, it Oh, you are much. a coward, bro. You've been, you've been at this. You, this but, has been your take, man. Okay, This but, has been your take. Well, my take is take Nick Chubb to be Offensive Player of the Year at 20 uh, to 1. That's more know. value than your fantasy league. <laughs> but I don't know. I got some text messages that might. Uh, I think this guy's running for 2,000 yards this okay. year. He's going I'll, off. I'll buy it. I, I really like Nick Chubb this year. Uh, I, I think. 
I think he they're giving him the full workload without yeah. Kareem Hunt. You know, Kareem Hunt had 25 red zone touches last year. That infuriated <laughs> me when I read that. Like, what are they doing? Give Nick Chubb the ball. He's an underrated um, pass catcher. Everybody kind of looked at Hunt as the pass catching back in that offense. Chubb was far more efficient in that area. Jerome Ford's banged up too heading into this year. Um, he's the guy in the back end. Uh, so, so anyways, well, he's behind. Sorry, Nick Chubb in the in the running back room. Overall on this offense, um, I'm just they finished eighth overall DVOA wise last year. Um, I'm gonna. I'm high on them again, and Deshaun Watson, we have to mention, finished 31st in EPA per play. That's not going to happen again. I'm going to bet that he improves on that. Like, he, he doesn't have to t- even, let's say he cuts that in half and just becomes the 15th best EP quarterback EPA per play-wise. This offense could take another step, so I'm I'm really, really high on this Cleveland Browns offense. Yeah, I think this is a really underrated unit heading into this year, and we have to have the Deshaun Watson. We haven't really talked about it like let's remember here he was traded for three first round picks signed the most money guaranteed out of any professional North American athlete ever like the the Browns did that for a reason right like he's got talent he was really Mm -hmm. good in 2020 however the Texans were four and 12 his best year true like you know what I mean like his best season the Texans were bad now the whole team was a mess but like the last time we saw Deshaun Watson play at a top five caliber quarterback rate, the team was four and twelve. Now I don't know if you're ever going to get that type of quarterback play in ha- like from Deshaun Watson again. Like I think he had like forty eight hundred passing yards. He was awesome that year. It was wild. Yeah. Um. I don't know if you're going to ever see that again. But they don't need him to get to that level again. They need him to be top twelve, top ten quarterback play. And I one hundred percent believe Deshaun Watson can get back to that. Um. I think last year there was a lot of things going against him. Of course, you're coming back from all that controversy. You're you're jumping into a, a team like week 11, week 12, right? Like, it's not easy to do that. And the other thing aspect of this, too, is the he was used to playing in Houston. They got a dome there. You're thrown into the Cleveland weather in November, in December, after you played your entire career in a dome. It was an adjustment period for him, man. Like, I, I, I'm not trying to defend. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's hard to talk about him without the off-field stuff. But, like, I really do believe Deshaun Watson is going to be a lot better this year. He's going to be a good quarterback. Right, um, I think he he's just gonna... has to be better than thirty first. Yeah, and this exactly. offense takes a step. But like, so. I, I, I think the Deshaun Watson conversation, like, you have to acknowledge that this guy is good, and I do believe that he's not going to go back to last year. Like, I think there were just so much circumstances going against him. So, I'm right lockstep with you. Okay, hit me with the defense, and let's get out of here. Defensive side of the ball, they're led by Miles Garrett, PFF's number one ranked edge player last year. He's as good as it gets. He was wrecking Eagles. Join practices apparently like the Eagles struggled yeah. Miles Garrett like the a lot second, of the, lot of teams yeah do. yeah the first day he was on the field the second practice he wasn't and like it was like the Eagles beat was like it's night and day difference right and so this this defense is what struggled last year outside of Garrett they were 23rd ranked DVOA wise and they really really struggled with the run they ranked 28th DVOA wise against the run defensively. And so what did they do outside Garrett? They brought in three new starters on the defensive line. Goes to Darius Smith brought in Shelby Harris and Dalvin Tomlinson all brought in. They saw their weakness last year. It was stopping the run. Mm-hmm. They brought in three new guys. I They're all three upgrades. So yep. I'm, I'm high on this front seven to kind of take a flip. Apparently Dalvin Tomlinson's having a really good training camp and I've ripped that signing 
Yeah, oh, we'll see summer? what he does. We'll, we'll see what he does. Works, yeah. He's always graded out. As I just said like the average. amount of money they gave him. Like it's right. the player it, with the money. With, we yeah. could agree with that. It was too much money, but it filled a massive need. Yeah, like it's, it's a Darius Smith underrated acquisition. Like they right. got Shelby Harris. They just signed a couple weeks or last week. Underrated, underrated signing. This is a re- this is a really solid f- uh, defensive line. Right, and so something that beefing up this defensive line, why I like it a lot, is it really should help JOK the yep. linebacker. He's an undersized. I call him JOK. <laughs> He's an undersized guy. So last year he really struggled in run support because bigger bodies, offensive linemen were getting on him. The defensive line was paper thin. Just beefing up that defensive line should really help JOK avoid bodies and make more tackles and he's as good as it gets as a coverage linebacker so he's he's gonna start with anthony walker and Sio, sione sione takitaki takitaki he had the big interception against carson wentz i remember in his rookie year in 2020 right. it was one of wentz's worst plays he just floats the ball and takitaki comes in with the pick six so overall i really like this front seven Secondary here, we're going to start with cornerback Denzel Ward. When he's on the field, One he's the best as in the business. Good as it gets. Let's hopefully he can stay healthy. Um, he's going to be joined by first rounder Greg Newsom. He was drafted in twenty one. Hasn't really become the player they were hoping yeah. for. Can he take the step this year? We'll see. Um, they drafted a rookie in the fifth rounder, Cameron Mitchell. He's um looking to take snaps. Um, Martin Emerson as well. Martin Emerson apparently is doing really well. Camp, he looked good from what I hear as well. He's a younger dude. So, but this the cornerback room is going to go as Denzel Ward goes. If he's on the field, he slots all these guys way better. Yeah. Love the safety room. Safety room. Grant Delpit hasn't really become the player yeah. I, I hoped he was. I thought Juan Juan Thornton was one of the most underrated signings. He was solid for the Chiefs last year. Right. And I like, I like Rodney McLeod was really good for the Colts. Like, right. If you look at him from a three pack, I do. Yeah. I can agree with that. I, I with the Delpit, Delpit take though. Delpit could. There's room for improvement with Delpit, so that's a scary thing. Why are you hoping for room for improvement from a young guy like Delpit? That's because defensive coordinator Jim Schwartz yes. is coming in. Love the hire. I really think this defense is going to take a, take a step up with him. I know uh, you like him from his fit, his yeah. time in Philly. He like, had success wh- in Buffalo. The fact that he wasn't like he was just hired this year, like, I think he probably wanted to take a year off, but he's like one of the best defensive minds in the league, awesome. He gets his defensive lineman attacking downfield. He emphasizes stopping the run. He's one of the better run-defending defensive coordinators in the league. The Eagles always had a stout run defense under him. The, what was the problem with the Browns last year? Their run defense, right? They couldn't stop the run to save their lives. I think Jim Schwartz, they, that was one of the most underrated coordinator hires of the of the year. Probably my favorite. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I'm really high on this Browns team, to be honest. I, I almost want to take them to win the do division. Do it. Do it. It's worth a sprinkle, I think, at them plus 400 to win this division. I see a route where that can happen. Their win total is only eight and a half, but it's juiced so heavily at minus 170 to go over. So I'm flying over eight and a half with this team. Uh, Yeah, I agree. I have them finishing ahead of Baltimore in the division, personally. I think that's nuts. So do do you have them finishing? I have Baltimore finishing one. The Bengals finishing two and the Browns three, but I think it's like a two A two B with the Browns Bengals. I think they could both finish with like eleven and seven. Um, I like I, the more I dove into this Browns team, the more I liked them. I really I, wa- like I was them. close. At, I was close like last night at putting them to win the division, and then the more I dove into the Ravens offense and some stats, I was like, no, it's, it's going to be Baltimore. But I, they really intrigued me. I think, like we said, three teams are making the playoffs from this division: Cleveland, Cincinnati, and Baltimore. Are you on the same page there? 
Yeah, I have three. So how many it. teams did you take to win the AFC East? Did you take three? No, I took two. two. Okay. Yeah, I have Jets missing. Okay. So that would if two come out of here, that means it's or sorry, if three, three come that out means of here, one from out the other divisions. You, yeah, yeah. So get we'll tighter. See. We're only two divisions in, and we got we got, <laughs> we got five playoff teams. Yeah, we got five <laughs> playoff teams. So. All right, guys, thanks so much for tuning in. Really appreciate. It. Make sure to check out our sponsors, BetterHelp and Sweat Taylor. Make sure to subscribe to the channel on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast audio wise. More video content coming your way. Excited for this year to start. Two divisions in, six more to go, and we will talk to you later.